Well, hello, Westside Family Church. Whether you're in Lenexa Speedway or watching online, I want to welcome you to our services today. Of all things, I am out today in Colorado Springs doing a wedding. Uh, Fit to Fight for the Family. New families are emerging in Christ all the time. A wonderful young Christian man, a young wonderful young Christian woman are coming together as one in Christ and so excited to be there. Looking forward to being back again next week. Today, we are in a battle, a worthy battle for our families. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 6, what God has joined together, let no one separate, or as it said in the old King James, let no one put asunder. You know, right under our noses, the enemy has been chipping away at the family structure in America and it's about completely put asunder. But if we act now in faith, urgency, and extreme tenacity, it doesn't have to be that way with our families. So if you're sitting with your family members and are interested in strengthening your family, join hands together with them in a declaration of unity. If you're single, do the exact same thing with a friend or some folks that are sitting around you and join me in this declaration of commitment from Joshua. Ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, we have set our will on your will for our families. The truth is, our spirit is weak. We invite your spirit to strengthen our spirit as we seek to live in the center of your good plan for our lives and our families. We now open up your word as our compass to find direction for our families. May the words of Christ be in our minds. May the word of Christ be on our lips. May the words of Christ be in our hearts. And all of God's people said, amen. I started attending church at the age of 14, and a year later, a new family arrived, a mom, dad, son, and three daughters. The news of three girls being added to our small youth group could only be topped by the return of Jesus to set up his eternal kingdom. Okay, truth telling. As a teenage boy, three girls tops the return of Jesus. Turns out the father decided to move the family from a tiny brethren church to this larger church so his children could be around other Christian kids and possibly marry one. The oldest was extremely shy and a bit plain, long straight hair, no makeup, and cat glasses. And yet, she was still out of my league. Truth is, she didn't even notice me. It was a small youth group, and she didn't even notice me. Then, a few months later, she got a total makeover. Like, ooh, la, la. And I made a promise to God that day that I would become a missionary or a pastor if he would cause her to notice me and maybe even date me. And God heard my prayer because we started going out when I was 15, which back then at 15 meant that we just simply sat together in church. Our first real date came uh, when I was 15 and she, yes, was 17. And so therefore, when we went out, she drove and I sat in the passenger seat. Now this is back when uh, the front seat of most cars were bench seats. And I know it's not macho thing to do, but I didn't care. Yes, I did it. I scooted over to the middle seat and she placed her arm around me <laughs> as she drove. I would have married her right away if it were legal to marry at 15 in the state of Ohio. 
Oh, to be from Arkansas. <laughs> As this gal was about to end her senior year of high school, she got her senior picture taken. I carried it with me everywhere I went. I remember that I was in advanced accounting class in high school and I had that picture just sitting on, this, on my desk staring at it. And the teacher asked me a question in front of the whole class and I apparently didn't hear her the first time or the second time and finally said, Randy, I'm asking you a question. And I had no idea what she was talking about. I wanted to hold up the picture and say, ask me anything about this picture and I can answer it. I could wax more poetically about this girl than Solomon did about his girl in the book he wrote called The Song of Songs. Do you want to see the picture? I still have it with me today. Ooh la la. I told you, it's amazing. Fast forward, December 19, 1981. I married this Italian girl named Roseanne Batanti. Come this December 19th, we will celebrate 40 years of marriage. <laughs> yeah, give it up for me. Give it up for Roseanne for putting up with me for all these years. And I fulfilled my promise to the Lord and I became a pastor. I found a good one. I found a good one. And if you feel the same way about your mate, turn to them and say, I found a good one. Today, as we continue in our series, Fit to Fight for Our Families, we address this topic. What does God say about finding the right person? What a super important question. Take out your Bibles and your outline found in the Westside app and get ready to dive in. Now, one thing you can always do is to pray. I mean, here's a true story. Uh, one lady got desperate to get married and daily she would pray that God would bring her a husband and here's how she pulled it off. Every night she hung a pair of men's pants on the bed and knelt down and prayed this prayer. Father in heaven, hear my prayer and grant it if you can. I've hung a pair of trousers here. Please fill them with the man. <laughs> I love that prayer. And guess what? God finally answered her prayer when she turned 31 years of age. Her and her husband ended up having 12 children together. But the Bible offers more than just prayer. First, let's start off with the obvious. I don't think many people see it this way, but it's true. God is the inventor and designer of romance. He created your palms to go sweaty when you sat next to her or sat next to him. That heart-pounding sensation of infatuation, his design. Mike Manson in his book, The Mystery of Marriage, rightfully and theologically compares romance to worship. It is a beautiful thing when experienced within the guardrails of God's design. Now consider four more principles in finding the right person. The first one, personality. You need to be drawn to that personality of that other person. Interestingly, for many people, opposites seem to attract. If you're an extrovert, you might be drawn to an introvert to keep you from burning out. If you're an introvert, you might be drawn to an extrovert. So you'll have a few friends and get invited to a few parties. There are four main personality traits that can be expressed in four colors, red, yellow, blue, and green. I am yellow, red, and Roseanne is blue, 
green. We are total opposites, but together we express every part of human personality. And listen to this, if we can celebrate that, if we can celebrate our uniquenesses, it forms into a beautiful rainbow. Now on the better love assessment that Roseanne and I took, we did in fact end up on opposite ends of the personality wheel. Take a look at this. She's on one end, I'm on the other end. Now it is true, matter of fact, in our A2 group in my neighborhood, we had about four couples who turned out to be exactly the same. I have a good friend in San Antonio who just sent me his better love assessment. Him and his wife are exactly the same. And you know what? That's so cool too. As a matter of fact, I remember Jerry Seinfeld said, all of my life I was looking for that perfect person. Turns out I was just looking for me. So you have personality, you have prayer, personality, and number three, interest. It is awesome to share common interest in things like the outdoors or travel or academics or sports or bird watching. And here's the deal, God is the creator and as we covered in week two, marriage is a reflection of the image of God. God creates, we recreate. The word recreate forms into to the word recreating or recreation. Recreation is life-giving. When we recreate together, we are reflecting the image of God. Over the years, Roseanne and I have searched and as opposites, we worked hard to find a common interest and what we discovered is that Roseanne and I love looking at houses together, building houses together, decorating houses, looking for furniture, picking out accessories, setting the mood for our house from colors to smells and to sounds. The more couples are able to recreate together, the better. Finding a mate with mutual interest is a wise thing. Now, some of our attempts haven't worked like golf. So when I golf, Roseanne decides to go shopping, yeah. One day I came home from golfing, the same time that Roseanne came home from shopping, and I had my golf clubs hung over my shoulders and she had two shopping bags filled with stuff in them and she said, I broke 100, did you? Oh no. So we have prayer, we have personality, we have interest, then we have chemistry. The relationship has to go beyond physical attraction. There has to be chemistry. In chemistry, we learn that oil and water don't mix together. Chemistry simply means that conversation flows freely. You find it life-giving to be together. You are friends. Now, I married Roseanne for the pitcher who could blame me. You saw the picture I showed you, right? Who could blame me? But today, she has become my best friend. And the truth is, I would spend every moment of my life with her, but she has requested an occasional break from the action. I get it. So we have prayer, personality, interest, chemistry, and next we have attraction. <laughs> my dad used to always say to me, son, you don't kiss personality. <laughs> Jacob was attracted to Rachel in the Old Testament and worked 14 years to earn her hand in marriage. Boaz was attracted to Ruth. Solomon was uber attracted to his bride. Let me just introduce you to a few lines out of his book, The Song of Songs.
my beloved. Look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains and bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle, like a young stag. Look, here he stands behind the wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like the flock of goats descending from the hills of Gilead. Your teeth are like the flock of sheep just shorn coming up from the washing. Each of them has its twin. None of them is alone. Your lips are like a scarlet rhythm. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. All right, that's as far as we're gonna read because the next part gets a little steamy and we have kids in the audience. Little known fact, the Bible is R-rated in certain parts, which proves my point. God is the inventor of romance and when experienced within the guardrails of his design, it is an awesome thing. But for the final one, I wanna give you God's big deal. The final way in which we find the right person, God has something really big to say and it's found in our core verse today. Our core passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. Listen up. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Or what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Paul starts with the, with the sentence, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now the word yoked is farming language and I bring it up because I grew up in the city of Cleveland, Ohio and I never even saw a cow in my lifetime, let alone seeing two oxens that were joined together for the purpose of tilling a field. So take a look at this picture to give you an idea of what uh, Paul is referring to here. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 10, it reads, do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Yoking together a cow and a donkey doesn't work in tilling the ground. Number one, they are unequal in strength, but there is a deeper reason spiritually. The ox is a clean animal that is acceptable before God, and the donkey is considered an unclean animal before God. Point of the story, don't marry a, well, a donkey. Now, he goes on to give five contrasts, five things that do not belong together, that should not come together. He says righteousness and wickedness should not belong together, light and darkness, Christ and Belial, the believer and the unbeliever, and the temple of God and idols. Now, let's go back to this phrase, Belial. Belial is the name given to Satan, but it is also the Hebrew word that is literally translated troublemaker. When you marry an unbeliever, you introduce trouble into your home before the door is even open. So with all of that said, what is our takeaways today from our core passage on finding the right person? Well, let's review. First of all, we should pray about it. And then we should consider personality, interest, 
chemistry, mutual attraction, but the biggest deal of all, lean in, do not marry or date an unbeliever. Put into the positive, take this down. I will only date and marry a strong, proven, committed follower of Jesus. The reason I didn't just say Christian is because not all people who claim to be Christians live like one. I've also found that some guys particularly will claim to be a Christian to win the approval of Christian parents to marry their daughter. Once married, they don't live it. I've even baptized guys who were only doing it to convince the girl and parents that they were in. The Bible calls this a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, why is this such a big deal to God? Because you need to share common values in a partnership and in a marriage. In the early days of marriage, you aren't necessarily challenged that much. But as life moves on, it's going to throw you some curveballs that will require difficult decisions. And if you're not coming from the same foundation of values, you will either clash or you will compromise your personal values. Neither one is a good outcome. For example, every time we look at what causes marriages to break up and end a divorce, always in the top list are two things, managing finances and raising and disciplining children. And when you don't share a common value system for you coming from God's word and for your spouse not coming from God's word, it's gonna create tension. You're either gonna compromise, you're gonna clash, and oftentimes this is the beginning of the end. Or you can even get into more serious kinds of conflicts and decisions when you have, say, a surprise pregnancy and your mate doesn't want the child and you do, what in the world are you going to do? This is what God wants for you. He wants you to be on the same page with your mate so you can live in harmony and work together. He's not trying to take something away from you. He is trying to save you for the very best. The question you have to ask yourself, particularly if you're single, Maybe you're thinking about dating somebody is, will you receive it and will you trust him? Now, we got a couple actions required. First, we are selling men's prayer trousers after the service. Not really. <laughs> if you're single, let me encourage you to take this note down. Make your commitment now to guide who you'll give your heart to. I wanna ask teens and singles to make this commitment now. Why? Because I have seen with my own eyes that if you wait until you're in the situation to make your decision, things like passion, infatuation, the fear of being alone, causes you to reduce your standard or rationalize it in your own mind. So here's the action step required. There is a card in the back of the seat in front of you that I want you to pull out right now if you are a, a single person or single again. I'm gonna read it out loud a couple of times and invite you to make that commitment. Now, if you are watching online, that commitment is gonna be put on the screen. And if you're in for this, I'm gonna ask you to take this uh, hands up emoji and let our team know that you are in. And one of our team members uh, will take note of that. So here it is, ready? I will only date and marry a strong, proven, committed follower of Jesus. Let me read that again. I will only date and marry a strong, proven, committed follower of Jesus. If you're in for following God's 
word and truth for your life, then I want to encourage you to sign that and keep this signature, keep this commitment with you as you move through your life so that you might be able to stay in the stream of God's blessing. Now, actually required for parents. I've got something for you here. Ready? Take this note down. Monitor your children's community as their hormones start to fly. Monitor your children's community as the hormones start to fly. And I can hear kids mumbling in the audience right now, why do we have to come to church today? This is the worst day of my life. But kids, mark my word, you are blessed if you have parents that love you enough to hold you accountable. Parents, in Jesus' name, I implore you to get all up into your kids' business. Monitor their screen time. Cell phones, in my estimation, are honing devices. Have find my phone to know where they're at 24-7. For crying out loud, hire private investigators if that's what is necessary. Your kids will say, I don't love you. Your response, I don't care. Your kids may say, I hate you. Your response, good. Your kids may say, I'm never coming back. Your response, promise? No, just kidding. Parents, here's my admonition to you. Be in your kids' business. But the action step I really want you to commit to is this one. You're gonna see it on the card just for you. And if you're watching online, same thing, put the hand emoji up to signal that you're in. And if you're in, I'm asking you parents to commit to this spiritual discipline. I will pray for my children's spouses now. I will pray for my children's spouses now. At Westside, we believe in the power of prayer, and I would encourage you to not only be up in their business, but to be praying for the person that God is going to bring in their life, that foremost, that they are followers of Jesus Christ, and your child can marry somebody who can walk arm in arm with somebody and live out the plan of God for their life. So what is God's principle in finding the right person? We gave you several, but the big idea is found in our core passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Say it out loud with me. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time together in the Word of God in this session of fit to fight for the family. Uh, I want you to know that we are halfway through and uh, in this experience of fit to fight for the family, not only are we inviting you to hear these messages and grounding your mind and heart in the word of God, but we're asking you to gain, to get together a game plan for your life. And so for uh, singles, we've been asking you to take the YADA assessment. And for uh, married people, whether you're uh, engaged or been married for a week or been married for like 100 years, like Roseanne and I, uh, we're encouraging you to take the Better Love Assessment. And we're doing this in partnership with Les and Leslie Parrott. They are leading Christian psychologists who are just loving what we're doing here in Kansas City in partnership with Macedonia Baptist Church. And I thought it would be good for us to check in with them, get their thoughts and ideas on finding the right person, as well as giving us some encouragement as we push toward the second half of being fit to fight for our families. Check this out. Well, hey, Les and Leslie, it is so exciting to touch base with you. We are having a blast. So we're halfway through the series we're doing, and people are doing the assessments and all of that. Um, uh, any, uh, any kind of coaching for us to keep us 
keep us going. You guys are psychologists. You know, <laughs> we, need a, we need a little boost in the arm to say, go. A midstream pep talk. <laughs> well, one thing I can tell you is with both Better Love and those that are doing yada, um, this is a no guilt trip. I yes. mean, so there's no shame, there's no blame, there's no condemnation. Yeah, and hopefully you're getting some aha moments that are so motivating. You think, why would I not want more of these? Because yeah. this sheds light that connects us. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Hey, we're so excited that you're going to be in person in Kansas City, not only for Westside Family Church in Macedonia, but we're going to open it up for other people to come to as well. It's called Fight Night, okay? Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Really a date night and mm -hmm. make it a double date. Bring some friends that maybe you don't normally yeah. see at church and bring them with you. And uh, But it's it's two parts. Part one, or really rounds, round one yeah. of fight night is why. Why do yeah. we fight? Yeah, right? we want to take some of the mystery out of that because once the mystery goes away, then you get motivated and feel empowered to change whatever isn't working. Yeah, the why is the yeah. on-ramp to how, and how is round two. We'll have a little intermission, come back and talk about how, and I guarantee you that we will put some new tools in your tool belt for fighting right. a good fight that you don't have. If you know how to fight a good fight, um, you will deepen your level of intimacy. Because the goal is not to eliminate conflict. That's just inevitable. The goal is how do you leverage it to your advantage? And that's what the night is all about. So we're looking forward to it. You know, I'm a pastor, so my wife and I, we don't fight, but I'm so excited. <laughs> Obviously you know. not, you're perfect. You just have yes, conversations. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited about all of the things our people are going to learn. So that's coming up on October the 23rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, we're so excited to have you back, Leslie, in Kansas City, your hometown. I hey, one more thing for you. When you're trying to find the right person, what do you yeah. do? Yeah, well, you are right. This hits a, a tender spot mm -hmm. for us or a passionate spot for us because, man, it's over how long ago now? 20 years that uh, we had a conversation with our friend Neil Warren in Los Angeles over dinner when he said, hey, you know this new thing called the internet? And we're like, yeah. And he said, I wonder if we could use that to match people online. That conversation turned into a company we launched with him called eHarmony. I've heard of it. It's kind, yeah. When and you set in your heart to become the kind of person that you wish to attract, yeah. and there's something amazing about that, in the process of becoming, you draw people to you yeah. that are exactly who you would wish to connect with. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much uh, for signing in today. We're halfway through. We can't wait you to come to, into town and to see um, all, all of these, the, all the news that we want to share with you about how God has really transforming families here in Kansas City because of you guys really coming alongside and being so gracious to partner with us. We're looking forward to we it. We are. Can't yeah, wait. it'll be here before we all know it, and we can't wait. And we're going to get some barbecue when we're in we town. We sure just are. So you know. <laughs> God bless you guys.